It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council. Talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday, your team every day. That's what we do here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to watch the show and subscribe to the show over on YouTube. Also, check us out on all of the podcasting platforms out there, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, and Stitcher. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council. Where every Friday I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on the show, either at me at Julian Council, DM me at Julian Council, or leave a comment on one of the YouTube shows from that week, and I'll get to your questions on Friday for the weekly Friday mailbag. Just want to first off let you guys know I apologize for not having shows out for the majority of this week. I've been sick all week, still don't feel great, but it's a daily podcast, so I've got to find a way to find a way to do five podcasts in a week, even if I feel terrible. So here I am. Going to have this episode, and then I'm going to find a way to uh, do the uh, Friday mailbag later on today. As, of course, it's coming out here on a Friday, May 6th. I'll have the Friday one come out later on today, and then, I don't know, I'll figure out when the other episode I'm supposed to do uh, will come out. Maybe on Saturday. I have no idea. I haven't really thought about the team very much because I've been sick. So, either way, going to talk about the uh, the depth chart on today's show. But before that, today's episode of Locked on Panthers is brought to you by Blue Nile. This Mother's Day, which is on Sunday, give mom something she'll treasure forever with fine jewelry from BlueNile.com. And Locked on Sports listeners get $50 off $500. You code locked on at checkout. If you're doing that now, you're probably screwed. So I hope you got your mom something nice instead of uh, waiting until the last minute uh, with Mother's Day coming up here on Sunday. So the NFL draft, as we know, has come and gone. Uh, the Panthers uh, getting... Nikki Aquanu in the first round, Matt Corral, Brandon Smith, and Amari Barno, Kalen Barnes, and a collection of other players as UDFAs at the end of last weekend. So let's take a look at the offense and what it looks like right now. And there's 53 guys who are going to make the roster. I think one of the key questions a lot of us want to know, and I think something that Joe Person of The Athletic was trying to ask a couple weeks ago, was who has the final say on a 53-man roster? And Matt Rule's initial contract that he signed a couple years ago with obviously Marty Herney as a lame duck general manager, Matt Rule's given autonomy to pick out the 53-man roster, have the final say on who he wants to coach, which, okay, I guess not that bad of a thing considering he is the head coach, he needs to coach these players, the general manager needs to bring in the players, and then I guess you can let the coach select what guys that he wants. I don't really have a problem with that. 
But we have seen how things have gone the last two seasons where the Panthers went 5-11 and and 5-12. and Now you wonder, does Scott Fitterer have more control over the roster? And if you look at last the last weekend, you would say that absolutely is the case. But Matt Russo has influence as Kalen Barnes, who goes in the seventh round, is a former Baylor player and probably wouldn't be here in Carolina long term or at all, had Matt Rule not been a head coach. So we'll get into that a little bit later on in the show, the defense and their depth chart. Let's look at the offensive side of the ball. Of course, starting off a quarterback, there's four guys on the roster. One of them, who I think we'll talk to next week, in Davis Cheek, probably unlikely to make the roster, if we're being honest, just how things work out with UDFA quarterbacks. But three of them that we'll talk about. Now, I have more than 53 guys on the roster, so I'm going to bring up all the guys who I think have a chance of making the team this year. Looking at quarterback, got Sam Darnold, P.J. Walker, and Matt Corral in that order right now. Sure, certainly Matt Corral could overtake P.J. Walker and maybe Sam Darnold at some point this season. I look at it right now here in May that Sam Darnold will be the week one starter, and I expect him to start, if he stays healthy, all 17 games next season. Now, if he plays poor or gets injured, there might be an opportunity for Matt Corral to start next season, even if he's not ready, which a lot of y'all don't really care whether he's ready or not. You just want him to start because you don't want to see somebody – you don't want to see Sam Darnold anymore. And Matt Corral may not be the answer here in Carolina. We've already seen the way too early mock drafts. They're already telling, the, already saying the Carolina Panthers are going to take a quarterback next year. So you wonder, does Carolina truly believe that Matt Corral is their long-term answer? I don't know. But right now, Sam Darnold, P.J. Walker, Matt Corral. As I mentioned uh, last time I spoke to y'all, I think the draft pick of Matt Corral might be more detrimental to P.J. Walker than Sam Darnold. Darnold's done here no matter what this season, unless he's just absolutely phenomenal and finally lives up to the number three overall billet. For P.J. Walker, who was seen more as a developmental guy here in Carolina, a Matt Rule guy dating back to Temple, he's had his opportunities, haven't really seen that kind of, that much growth over the last two seasons. I would think that Matt Corral overtaking him would be the preferred scenario for Carolina so they don't have to carry three quarterbacks. But also, do they want to have Matt Corral sitting there as a backup and having him go out there too soon if Sam Darnold gets injured, which he has never had a full season of health, whether it's been a 16-game season or last year in a 17-game season. At running back, Christian McCaffrey, Chuba Hubbard, Deontay Foreman. Christian, like I've said it before, I understand that they, they definitely need to find a way to manage his touches, but he should be your running back one and should get 20-plus touches a game. Chuba Hubbard, we saw last year, can come in, run the football. He can't catch. So I don't know what Chuba Hubbard's going to offer in the pass-catching game. Same thing with Deontay Foreman. He's a downhill rusher. He's going to fit into the scheme that they want to bring in here by being more of a downhill running team, which makes me wonder kind of how Chuba Hubbard's going to fit in here because he's not really a downhill rusher. Christian McCaffrey, say what you want about him, playing at Stanford, that system, that's a pretty much a downhill rushing team. And he's held up outside of the last two seasons. He's been a healthy running back. When he's healthy, that's the guy who should be touching the ball the majority of the time for the Carolina Panthers. Fullback, Giovanni Ritchie, no further comment. Uh, at tight end, this is going to be one that's interesting to me. Last year, they kept three. Ian Thomas, Tommy Trimble, Colin Thompson, and Stephen Sullivan was on the practice squad. Currently, all four of those guys are here. Now, they did get uh, one other UDFA. I don't spend too much time on UDFAs because typically those guys don't make the roster. As we've seen in the last couple of years, I don't think one has made the roster since Matt Rule has been here. Their draft picks have made the roster, which is a good thing. That was not always the case uh, with the former general manager, Marty Herney, and with Dave Gettleman, but they have made it the last two years with Matt Rule in charge as a head coach. Thomas can make the roster, obviously. Tommy Trim will make the roster. I would expect Colin Thompson, and then maybe in the multiple tight end sets that they're going to run this year, 
that might allow Steven Sullivan to make the roster or give Richie, who converted from tight end to fullback, an opportunity to also play tight end a little bit next season. We will see. At wide receiver, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, that's not with a Y, that's with an IE, and Terrace Marshall, you top three receivers. Behind them, Rashard Higgins, Brandon Zilstra, CJ Saunders, and Shai Smith. Still don't know what's going to happen with Shai Smith legally with the, gu- with the drug and gun charges they picked up in South Carolina and Union County down there. We'll find out later on whether he'll still be a part of this roster. Right now, I'll include him. But until that gets figured out, we have no idea what his future is. Zilstra continues to be a special teams ace. Actually contributed some things offensively last year. So I imagine that he'll still be on the roster. The hope is that the Panthers aren't in a situation where they're starting a game with DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, and Brandon Zilstra as their third wide receiver. Hopefully Terrace Marshall can be healthy this year and step up and be that wide receiver three that they need. Same thing with Shard Higgins, who has played well in that role back in Cleveland playing with Baker May for the last couple of years. Hopefully he can add something to the Carolina Panthers in terms of depth, that wide receiver. And then with Saunders, they tried him out last year as a kick returner. I don't think he'll make the roster, but I'll put him out on the list as someone as a special teams guy that could potentially have an opportunity to make the 53 man roster. Although he's likely to be a practice squad guy who gets elevated one or two times this upcoming season, but not a ton of depth at wide receiver. Like, And that's one of the positions. I don't think we spend a lot of time talking about, Like, we love DJ Moore. I think as a collective, everyone is a big fan of DJ Moore, believes in what he can do as a wide receiver in this league, one of the most underrated players in this league. But outside of that, do you really have that much confidence in this wide receiver group? It was a couple years ago when it was DJ, Robbie had a great year, Curtis Samuel was here. You felt great about that group. Last season, going into the year, you felt good about them. But Marshall wasn't healthy. Anderson declined. That was part of quarterback play, but also drops. And DJ struggled with drops last year as well. Like, they need to be better catching the football next season. Like, absolutely, there's no excuse, especially for DJ Moore, the amount of money he's going to be making moving forward. Like, DJ needs to continue to do what he's doing. But Robbie needs to bounce back. Marshall needs to step up. Higgins needs to provide something. And if Zilstra is being called upon, that's not a good situation for the Carolina Panthers. So, really, for me, I'm looking at that wide receiver position group this year, and I'm wanting to see a lot of improvement. Because right now, sitting here in early May, I don't have a lot of confidence in their ability to play at a high level. Anyone outside of DJ Moore, just based off of what we saw last season and what we've really seen out of the past out of Robbie Anderson, who's had that one career year with Teddy Bridgewater. And outside of that, has just been okay. Now, looking at the offensive line, probably the most improved position group on the roster. I don't need, I can't even, not really, probably, definitely, at left tackle. And I've seen reports that the Carolina Panthers and people within that organization are pretty open to the idea of starting Iki Aquanu week one, which, duh, you got to do that. Iki Aquanu, starting left tackle, his backup should be Cam Irving. At left guard, Brady Christensen. Behind him, Michael Jordan. Dennis Daly. I don't know what Daly's future is here. Wasn't drafted by rule. He's had opportunities to start. Hasn't been great. He's been injured. You would think that he's likely going to be someone who gets cut following training camp down in Spartanburg. At center will be a key camp battle. Bradley Bozeman versus Pat Elfline. Bozeman started a ton of games in Baltimore, been a good player. Elfline has started at guard and at center. As we saw last year, he's better at center than he is at guard. So you definitely don't want him starting at left guard or at right guard if that's where he would ever have to situate in. But you also probably don't want him starting at center. And he's a little bit smaller than Bradley Bozeman. And if you want to have a downhill rushing attack, 
you probably want to have the biggest bodies. And they brought in Bozeman on a one-year deal, not a ton of money, but you would think that's the guy that they hope to start at center this upcoming season. So that's the key camp battle to watch heading down to Spartanburg. I would right now lean towards Bozeman just based off of, well, hey, they brought him in this upcoming season. Now, it's not like the money that Pat Elfman was brought in for last year on a three-year deal where it was clear that he's going to be a starter. Same thing with Cam Irving. There's going to be a clear competition at that position group, and I'll lean Bradley Bozeman at this time. At right guard, Austin Corbett, Deontay Brown, Cade Mays, the rookie out of Tennessee, and at right tackle, Taylor Moten. Now, when looking at it, they don't have a ton of tackles. Like Christensen, flexibility, he's going to play guard likely this upcoming season. Could go out the tackle, say that if Taylor Moten went down, you could see him going over the right tackle. And Cam Irving, where he fits in, he like he's one of the backup tackles. So that's only when you look at depth offensive line-wise, tackles just the one position where, hey, if Moten goes down, how great do you feel about potentially kicking out Christensen the right tackle and then having, I don't know, maybe Elfline play guard or maybe Bozeman at left guard and then Elfline at center. Like, say, I guess if, if Moten never goes down, I would think, I guess, left tackle, Aquanu, left guard, you would have Bozeman, center, Elfline, right guard, Corbett, right tackle, Christensen. That would probably be the, the most, I don't know, most likely, but that would probably be the group that would make you the most confident about the Panthers' ability to have success on that given afternoon if they were not to have Taylor Moten. So looking at it, that's how they can work out. The flexibility of Brady Christensen kind of helps them out there as far as the depth-wise at tackle moving forward this upcoming season. And also the flexibility with guys like Bozeman and Elfline helps them in that situation that they have to flip things around at guard and at center and interior of that offensive line. So there's a look right now at the depth chart of the offense. Again, those are the guys I'm looking at who I think have an opportunity to make this roster We'll see how things materialize the next couple of months as we go through rookie minicamp this upcoming weekend or next weekend, really. And then you look at OTAs, mandatory minicamp in June, and then heading down to July to Spartanburg for a training camp down there on the campus of Wofford College. Take a quick pause on the other side. We'll take a look at the defensive depth chart as it stands right now here on Locked on Panthers. Whether she prefers a statement piece or everyday subtle elegance, BlueNile.com has the jewelry options for every mom. Shop high-quality classic diamond earrings, elegant tennis bracelets, or gemstone pendant necklaces. Looking for fine jewelry but having trouble choosing? Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7, available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. Mark Mother's Day with something enduring. Classic diamond stud earrings, elegant tennis bracelets, birthstone pendants, and so much more on BlueNile.com. Celebrating a special woman in your life? On BlueNile.com, you can easily navigate thousands of fine jewelry options at every price point. This Mother's Day, give mom something she'll treasure forever with fine jewelry from BlueNile.com. And Locked On Sports listeners get $50 off $500. This podcast exclusive is only good through Mother's Day. Use code LOCKEDON. That's code LOCKEDON. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. 
Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, so we got a good look at the uh, depth chart right now of the Carolina Panthers offense as it stands right now heading into the mid part of May. As a look at it, those are the guys that think have an opportunity to make the roster. Not going to really spend a ton of time talking about players that don't think they have an opportunity. That's what training camp's for, to talk about the uh, undrafted guy who's working really hard, turning heads. Maybe he's going to make the roster. It's like what we did a couple years ago was Cole Luke. Seemingly every year, we get down to Wofford. Cole Luke, former safety, played some corner as well. I think he's now up in Washington with Ron. And he, eventually, he turned himself into an NFL player. But it took a couple years. But every year we talk about, oh, man, Cole Luke is out there. He's making some plays. Like, he's going to make the roster. And the answer every time was no. So that's kind of a hard knocks deal. Hard knocks every year. It's like, hey, let's focus on this fringe roster guy. Put on so much attention onto him. And then, oh, well, we did that for a couple weeks. That was the entire of the show. And he didn't make the show. Make the team at all. So I'm not really trying to spend too much time on those kind of guys, even though hopefully they get an opportunity. Now we can do that next week with the rookie mini cam because that's a good time to kind of uh, highlights for those players, which we will certainly do. Um, but let's look at the defense. This is a unit I think everyone here in Carolina should be excited about. Certainly they were the lone thing to really write home about last year during that miserable 5-12 and 12 season that ended with seven straight losses to end the season here for the Carolina Panthers. But looking at the defense, we'll look at defensive line, of course, we'll go from front seven, front seven to the to the back, of course. So we'll start off with the defensive end. Brian Burns coming up Pro Bowl year. Obviously going to be your starter at one, at the first defensive end spot. And then behind him, I'll just put Daryl Johnson, who they traded for last year. It was a curious trade. Um, I think prior to the season with Buffalo, he was, I think they gave up a six-round pick, trying to remember. And he came in here, was supposed to be a special teams guy, didn't really contribute anything defensively. You do wonder, as they, they looked at him as a kind of a developmental piece, can Daryl Johnson add something to this Panthers roster this upcoming season? Because here's one of the things, like, we look at it. With uh, Bar- with um, Burns being out here again this season, not just not Burns, but with Reddick being gone and being in Philly, that's going to take away kind of, what's the word? It's not a shield. But all the attention is on Brian Burns this year. Last year, that got split. Burns didn't have to worry about getting chipped and all the other stuff, and then bringing all the other help to his side. Ooh, to his side, excuse me. This year, that's going to be the case. So can someone else step up to where Brian Burns doesn't have to worry about that? We'll see. Now, on the other side of the defensive, uh, the other defensive end, Itor Grossmatos, they got rid of Morgan Fox so that he could have our opportunity to start this year. I thought he was coming on strong last year. I had the two and a half sacks in Buffalo, then gets COVID, and that's the season. I think Gross Matos has an opportunity to finally break out this year. If he can finally stay healthy, continue to work on his body, I think this guy's primed for a great year, which could help Ryan Burns on the other side of the ball. And then Marquise Haynes comes back. They have Melissa as defensive end. You could also list him as an outside linebacker if you wanted to. Either way, he's back this upcoming season. Situationally, three, he's at seven sacks the last two years. So three, one year, four, the other. He's someone who can absolutely help this team also from an edge rushing perspective. Defensive tackle at Matt Ioannidis. We talk about getting some some pressure from the interior. Haven't gotten that the last couple seasons. With KK Short being injured, Derek Brown really not being that guy. 
And then the other fill-ins like Daquan Jones, more of a run stopper, Zach Kerr, same case. Those guys just aren't pass rushers from the interior. Matt Ioannidis, you can put him at three technique, which is on the outside shoulder of that guard, and you can have him rush that way. That is something that the Panthers have needed. And he's done it in Washington. He's had seven and a half sacks before, eight and a half sacks in a season. The dude's been a monster. He had he dealt with injuries through the COVID year. Then last year, his production took a serious dip. Was a surprise cut this past offseason in Washington. Now back here, a formal Temple guy, but a Temple guy like Reddick, who's at least had success in this league. So it's not a bad signing at all. I think it's a great signing. Behind him, I would think Davion Nixon, who hurt his knee last year, was a Big Ten player of the year back in that pandemic 2020 season at Iowa, didn't get much of an opportunity to really show what he's about. But like Ioannidis, someone who can line up in that three technique on the outside shoulder of that guard and can get after the passer and provide some of that rush. And you think about when they play a team like Tampa, like Tom Brady, not a great athlete, as we all know. I mean, of course, he's going to go down as one of the greatest athletes of all time just because of what he's done in football. But physically, he's not a great athlete. If you can keep him in that, if he stays in that pocket and you can get pressure there, get in his face, that's how you can beat him. And if Carolina wants to find a way to win a division this year, which I don't think is some a discussion that we really should be having, but if some way it works out that way where Darnold plays well, it finally clicks for him, the wide receivers step up, the offense looks great with the offensive line, defensively, I think they're ready to go. Now, if you want to beat Tampa Bay, which they have not come close to doing at all the last two seasons, that's the, or hell, the last, yeah, the last two seasons, that's the way to do it. So you need to get that pressure from then. Now, as far as the other defensive tackle spot, Derek Brown, massive year for him. It's not just because, hey, it's your third year, but it's contract-wise, they have to pick up the fifth-year option next year. Whether they're going to do it or not, we don't know. Allegedly, teams came in asking to trade a first for Derek Brown. Panthers said no. I don't know how real that is or not. Either way, he needs to step up. Seventh overall pick. Hasn't shown nearly enough the last two seasons. Was benched later on last season before getting his starting job back. It's put up or shut up now or never, really, for Derek Brown. Now, I know it's really, it seems early, but year three for a first-round draft pick is a vital year for them to show what they can do. Bravion Roy behind him. Phil Hoskins, a seven-round pick out of Kentucky from last year, also there. Um, at outside linebacker, Frankie Luba's going to get the first opportunity to start there as has been mentioned multiple times by Scott Fitter, the general manager of the team, and by Matt Rule, the head coach, they both believe that Frankie Luvu can start. Now, is he going to replace Hassan Reddick by getting uh, double-digit sacks? I highly doubt it. If he does, what an incredible signing that would have been to just get him last year and think that he's more of a, de- of a special teams piece. Nothing he's going to add anything to the defense, but a special teams guy. To someone who added something defensively by getting a couple sacks, had the block punt, that was returned for a touchdown, still lost the game either way, making impact plays in very little snaps. And that kind of efficiency, we go usually talk about efficiency looking at sports like basketball, but to be able to have that kind of um, impact in that little snaps, now you add more to him, you wonder what Frankie Lubick can do this upcoming season. So we'll see. I'll also say behind him, I, would, I guess Brandon Smith, uh, the rookie out of Penn State who says he sees himself more as an edge rusher. We'll see where they line him up once they actually get to uh, OTA's mandatory minicamp. Uh, also, Amari Barno, the draft pick out of Virginia Tech. He's definitely an edge rusher. Uh, we'll see how they think of what they think of him, uh, whether they want him at lining up on, as a defensive end or on outside linebacker. Either way, those two guys will obviously be on the roster this upcoming season in an edge rushing capacity. Not linebacker, 
And this is kind of outside linebacker, edge rusher. The Panthers, they have options. They got one great option and the rest, we'll see. They're going to try and do it as a, as a collective. Now, as far as just the interior linebacker, weak side line, whatever you want to look at it, that's not a great situation for Carolina. You got Shaq Thompson, you believe it. But outside of that, you got Julian Stanford, Azur, Azur Kamara, Corey Littleton, who's had success back in the past, but hasn't been great the last two years with the Raiders, Kamal Martin, and then Damian Wilson, who, like Shai Smith, has a legal issue. No idea if he's even going to play a single snap as a Carolina Panther. So right now, let's take Wilson out of that. You're looking at Shaq Thompson and probably Corey Littleton starting, which is not a bad combination. But like last year and the year before that, there is no depth. I like the signing of uh, the draft pick of Smith, but when I heard him say that he views himself more as an outside linebacker, then I was kind of like, well, damn, we don't need an edge rusher. What we need is an everyday linebacker, every down linebacker, which you got in Shaq Thompson. And maybe what Corey Little can, could be, but they've also there's been talk from Phil Snow, the defensive coordinator, that Corey Littleton could be someone that they use on the edge as well. So for the Carolina Panthers right now, three straight seasons, the linebacker position isn't in great shape. Like wide receiver, I have my concerns there, but we've seen, we obviously know DJ is a given. We've seen Robbie do it before. Higgins can play. Zilstra, he stepped up when needed. And there's a lot of potential for Marshall. For at linebacker, you know Shaq can get it done. When he gets hurt like last year, they're screwed. You don't trust Stanford. You don't trust Kamara. You have no idea if Wilson's ever going to play. Martin, no thanks. And then Littleton probably passed his prime. Linebacker is a massive concern for me when you look at this roster. The defense is really good. But to have the hole that large at that important position, to be able to clean up the mistakes in front of them and also playing coverage, that that's a little that's like that's a little disappointing on the just looking at like Scott Fitter and what he's done to build this team. That as you look at it right now, like hey, the Wilson thing, he didn't see that coming. Now there was a past behavior that maybe you would make you think that hey, let's not get this guy, but still he thought he added two veterans and they would be good. That may still be the case. So right now, until things get worked out legally, it does not feel like it is the case. All right, looking at the secondary now. At corner, of course, two starters going to be Dante Jackson, J.C. Horn. And then I would say starting in, in, at nickel in the slot would probably be Miles Hartsfield. Maybe C.J. Henderson might get an opportunity there. Not quite sure right now. But either, that, either way, Henderson will be a backup. Then I would say Keith Taylor. Then, would, then after that, I don't know how it's going to work out with how many guys they want to keep there in that secondary this upcoming season. Because the depth last year was great where you had – Dante, JC, AJ Bouye, and then, of course, at some point in time, later on in the season, well, I guess they never did have Stefan Gilmore with all of them, but the depth was good. You have proven commodities. This year, you got Dante, who's proven that he's going to be a good corner. He's not a number one guy. And then JC Horn has played two and a half games. He looked great, but still, he's only played two and a half games. And you have no idea... We don't really know who the real J.C. Horn is. And this is not me doubting J.C. Horn from, that he can be a good corner because I, I have a lot of hope and expectations that he absolutely can be that number one guy. We just haven't seen it. And hope isn't a plan, folks. So you got Dante, and then outside of that, Henderson hasn't shown much at all the last two seasons. Melvin, 
He's been on nine teams, so no. Troy Pride Jr. would have been cut last year had he not gotten injured in Indianapolis. That was a blessing in disguise for him. Maybe he makes the roster this year. I still don't think that's going to be the case because he doesn't have that that typical protocol uh, prototype that Scott Federer looks for in his corners. Got Stan Thomas Oliver, been a special teams guy. Not going to add anything. Keith Taylor showed some signs last year. Kalen Barnes, is he going to make the roster? I don't know. Chris, uh, Chris Westry, the former guy out of Kentucky, 6'4", pretty long, pretty tall, obviously. I, I do I do have a little bit of concern there at corner. Like, defensive as a whole, I like, like, their first 11. I just have concern depth-wise. Like, Matt Rule says they got deeper. I, I can see at, in certain position groups they've gotten deeper, and there's plenty of options at corner. I just wonder, like, if – one of your top guys goes down. And you can probably and you can say this probably about really any team out there in the NFL for the most part, but still, if one of your top guys goes down, like how much confidence do you have in CJ Henderson stepping up? How much confidence do you have in Keith Taylor stepping up? That's just a question I'll ask. At safety, I actually like the depth at safety. And this was one of the position groups last year. <coughs> excuse me, where I was uh <clears throat> skeptical of what they were gonna do. Strong safety starting out, Jeremy Chin, free safety, Xavier Woods, of course. Uh, Woods paying that three year, I think $15 million contract or 17, whatever it was, he's going to be your starter. Now with, uh, with Chin, I hope I have a booger sticking out my nose right now. (laughs) With uh, Jeremy Chin, he'll start obviously at strong safety this upcoming season. And then Xavier Woods at free, at free safety, getting Justin Burris back was surprising to me, but it's great to have him back. He's a guy who started in this league the last two seasons for this team at free safety. He can come in. You have no concerns about him. Sean Chandler at strong safety as a backup was called upon multiple times last year, especially when Burris got injured to come out there and start. You feel good about what he can provide. He also can provide something in the, in the innovative schemes that Phil Snow will run as far as rushing the passer. So you got him, Sam Franklin, Kenny Robinson, who maybe he actually makes the initial roster this year. I have no idea, but as far as safety goes, feel really good about the safety position group, just based off the amount of snaps those guys have had to play the last couple of seasons. And obviously Jeremy Chin being one of the top players on this team and Xavier Woods durability last year, playing every single snap for the Minnesota Vikings. All right. So let's look at the defense. Let's take a quick pause and then we'll take a look at the special teams. We got a long snapper controversy here in Carolina. We'll get into that here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. Summer is coming, and with summer, you're going to need some food on the go. Built Bars are the perfect snack to take with you on family vacations. Throw them in your bags, in your kids' backpacks. Make sure that everyone has a bar so you are fueled for summer adventures. The best part about Built Bars, they're healthy and delicious. No more sacrificing delicious food for health. With Built Bar, you can have both, and it's easy. All you have to do is go to Built.com and order now. All Built Bars and Puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means with Built Bar, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All 
All right, let's uh, wrap up today's show by looking at the special teams depth chart where there really shouldn't be a lot of depth here because it's special teams and it should be very straightforward, right? Well, it is for the most part. You look at the punter, the Carolina Panthers signed Johnny Hecker, a four-time All-Pro, part of the NFL All-Decade team. He was ticked off that the Super Bowl winning champion uh, or Super Bowl champion Los Angeles Rams didn't want to bring him back. He didn't understand that. So now he's coming back here with a vengeance this upcoming season for the Panthers, which is great. Chris Tabor, who's now the special teams coordinator, has put out perennial top 10 special teams units. And now with a great punter and Johnny Hecker here in Carolina, you got to feel good about that. Lachlan Edwards was fine last year. The problem is it's from Australia and Australian rules football guys don't know how to place kick. So last year when Zane Gonzalez hurt his quad prior to that game in Buffalo, it put the Carolina Panthers in a bad situation. And seemingly things just kept getting worse towards the end of the season for the Panthers. And that was one of the situations. But hey, shout out to Brandon Zilster, who I hope has been working on his place kicking just in case something like that happens again, since he seems to be the special teams ace of the Panthers, not only um, in coverage, but also as a kicker with Johnny Hecker upcoming season here in Carolina should be a strong player of the Panthers at punter. Then at kicker Zane Gonzalez. So it was really good for the Panthers last year when he was healthy. Um, I don't, I don't really, he had a blocked kick. They say against Dallas. Then he had another one. I think he missed one extra point, but really outside of that, Zane Gonzalez was pretty nails for the Panthers last season has had an up and down career in the NFL, which a lot of kickers are that way. So that's just kind of the nature of the business of the position. Just mentally, how strong can you be? Do you have that therapist you can talk to? Can you stay locked in? And when he was here last year in Carolina, he was locked in. So can he do that again this upcoming season? And I wonder, like, with the the injury they suffered, might that have any impact on him? Obviously, the Carolina probably wouldn't have re-signed if they were having any concerns about that. But still, just something to look out for. So I, I like what he did last year. I'm still not 100% sold on Zane Gonzalez because he has moved around a little bit in the NFL. But I, again... A lot of guys are that way. Like our old friend Joey Slice apparently caught on in Washington. So we'll see how that works out for him long term. Now, kick return. That was one of the positions that Scott Fitter talked about last year outside coming out of the draft that they needed to fulfill. And they were able to do that with Andre Roberts, who last was with the Chargers. He's been all in the NFL, been one of the best kick returners in the league. He's been a pro bowl. He's been an all pro. So you got to feel good about his punt return ability there and also his kick return ability on kickoffs this upcoming season whenever given that opportunity. So something the Carolina Panthers haven't had a ton of the last couple of seasons. Um, Okay, so this is where the real battle, though, is at long snapper. If you remember, uh, during the 2021 NFL draft, there was a viral video moment, really made viral by the Panthers themselves, um, with Matt Rule calling Thomas Fletcher of the University of Alabama, the Long snapper of the year in college football. The Alabama with Crimson Tide were so good. Their long snapper got drafted. Calling him, letting him know, hey, man, you, you, you want you coming to Charlotte? He's like, no, I don't know. I'm just still trying to see what my other options are. He's like, no, 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 no. We're drafting you here. And Thomas Fletcher was as shocked as everyone else was that the Carolina Panthers were drafting a long snapper in the sixth round. I understand that, hell, you had 11 draft picks. Why not? But still, it's the sixth round. Players have been found there. The greatest player of all time was a six-round draft pick. But the Panthers said, bleep it. Let's take a long snapper. I'm on the record of saying that Thomas Fletcher needs to beat out the longest tenure J- uh, Panther, J.J. Jansen, this upcoming offseason or this upcoming camp. Or that is going to look like a completely idiotic pick. 
they got they got saved last year. And I, I'm will, I've been willing to be very patient about it because, like, I understand the logic behind it. You got 11 draft picks. You get a long snapper. If that guy wins a job, you got the position sewn up for the next 10 years. You could also think that you could probably get a long snapper off the street like Thomas Fletcher was expecting to be signed as UDFA opposed to giving up a six-round draft pick. But, hey, this guy went to Alabama and has been a part of a winning culture and he's been a long snapper of the year or whatever. If you think this guy is that dude, the greatest long snapper of all time, put him in Canton today, then sure, whatever. I'd be like, it wouldn't be that big of a deal. Because if you, hey, because hell, how many other positions are you really going to get in the sixth round are you going to get 10 years out of? Not a lot. So if you really think about it that way, it's not a terrible pick. It's a terrible pick, though, when the oldest dude on your team beats out that guy in training camp two years in a row which very possibly could happen this upcoming season. Now with Fletcher, he got injured last year. They got the Stomo on season ending IR. He got his money. The Panthers were saved the embarrassment. This upcoming offseason, it's time for Thomas Fletcher to retire J.J. Jansen. I love J.J. Jansen. And someone asked me a couple of weeks ago, if you could, it's like, you're, I know you're not a big fan of people wearing jerseys. As you see, I'm a game day polo guy. Um, but if you would wear any jersey of any Panther on the roster, who would you wear? I, I, I would say J.J. Jansen, because why the hell not? I think it's funny to wear a long snapper's jersey. I also love that a couple of years ago, the long snapper at Myers Park High School had a J.J. Jansen jersey. Like the man's the pillar of the community. <laughs> I would love to wear a J.J. Jansen jersey. Give me a 44 in black right now. Oh, but he needs to get retired by Thomas Fletcher. Otherwise, y'all going to have another thing to bitch and moan about when it comes to this team. And I'm about tired of hearing the complaining, even though it is all very justified. So that's where I stand right now. Okay. So let's look at the overall depth chart here in Carolina. Um, and that's going to wrap it up here for this edition of Locked On Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On podcast. Now we're again hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Going to put out the weekly Friday mailbag later on today. As I let y'all know at the beginning, you probably already know, I've been sick all week, so try to catch up as, hey, if you do a daily podcast, you don't put it out every day. People are going to wonder, what's going on? Well, sorry. <laughs> Didn't plan on being sick, but here I am. Um, so I'm going to try and get out another episode of Weekly Mailbag, because that'll be easy to do. And then I'll try and craft up something to talk about. And then I'll try to reschedule with Roman for maybe next week. We'll see what happens. Um, and trying also, there's a, another guest I want to get on to talk about Matt Corral. I also want to catch up some other people. So might be a guest heavy week next week. We'll see. Um, but either way, make sure to uh, watch the show on YouTube. Subscribe to the show on YouTube. Rate, review, subscribe on all your favorite podcasts and platforms. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Odyssey, and wherever you find your podcasts. And also be sure to follow me on Twitter again, at Julian Council, where every Friday, like today, later on today, actually, I'll answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions to participate either at me at Julian Council, DM me at Julian Council, or leave a <coughs> damn comment. <coughs> Dying here. Comment on any of the YouTube shows from that week. In the meantime, stay safe. Ugh, stay safe. Be healthy, unlike me. Yeah, and keep pounding. I'll talk to y'all later. Thank you. 
If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.